Year 12, uh, 10 to 12, that's Group A. You are with uh, sustainability, which is over here. Just follow the smell of the rubbish bins and you'll see Tom. Sustainability, okay? It's mid-January in the afternoon. Temperatures in the Hawke's Bay will get into the high 20s. Around 135 youth have gathered with volunteers and parents as part of the Taitsumu Trust's annual summer camp. This year, the theme of the camp is promoting safety on the water. Rex Timu is the president of the Hastings chapter of the Mungal Mob and has two children attending the camp this year. When they first uh, step on, on camp, um, you know, everyone's all shy and uh, the fuck are there, but um, by, by, by the, end of the, the end of the camp, um, they've, they've made some lifetime friends. The summer camp is the work of the Taitamu Trust, a whānau ora organisation based in the Hawke's Bay. The trust was founded by Zach Makaware of Ngāti Purau. Our, our trust started in 2007 after the loss of our son in 2000 to suicide. Uh, we decided that we'd put this trust together to not only help ourselves to heal over the grief, grieving and loss of our son, but maybe help others too to go through that whole process of understanding um, and supporting them through their grief. So initially it was about spending time at the beach, doing some awesome activities um, as a whānau. So we... In 2007, we had 23 kids, or Tamariki Arangate, and, uh, and their families come and support us. And then the following year, it grew to 75, and then after that, near after that, it got up to 150. So basically, it was a community effort thing, whānau effort thing, and it was really just to build connected young people, resilient young people, confident young people. In this week's Te in our first for 2016, RNZ reporter Alexa Cook is in the Hawke's Bay on day three of the camp, where she talked to those people that make it successful year after year. And I met Pukeho Marai with Zach Makaware, who talks about how he went from freezing works fly swatter to now running to Taitamu Trust. Enga mana enga iwi ko urumai ki tēnei kaupapa tiahika, nau mai whakapiri mai whakatata mai anō ki tēnei momohotaka. Ko Justin Murray, aho. Rex Timu is the president of the Hastings chapter of the Mongrel Mob, but for many years he helped to send a message to Hawks Bay young people to avoid joining a gang, including his five sons. At this year's camp, he was one of the volunteers. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of these kids on this, on this, on this program, the summer program, um, they all come from different diverse backgrounds. Um, so what, what we're... What we're plan is um, throw them all in the mix and, um, you know, just everyone get on. The um, workshops that we, we show them and, and give them, um, it's, it's life skills workshops, and it's going to help them um, growing up. Uh, one of them is the water safety aspect of, um, especially around Tongaroa, on the ocean here. Um, but not just Tangaroa, you know, we've got the Awa as well. Um, we've also got swimming pools uh, and backyards. Um, so we show these um, rangatai, tamariki, um, the skills that's needed to, um, to help them 
our, our motto is to uh, make our rangatai to be leaders, um, to be rangatira for, for tomorrow. Um, so, so to do that, we, um, we teach them um, or show them um, different skills that, that's going to help them um, do, do better in their lives. Half of our kids um, don't know how to swim because um, uh, a couple of aspects. One may be um, they haven't got access to a swimming pool or you know, the parents mightn't take them to a swimming pool or even to the beach or to the river or for whatever reason. Um, but I know that some, some parents, uh, I've actually got a friend here in Waimarama Beach that uh, he lives on the beach and his, his kids live on the beach and then live in the water. As parents, as kaitiaki of our tamariki and rangatai and our kids, uh, we have got the responsibility to um, to show them these things, um, show them, give them these skills, to so it's going to help them um, in the twenty future. A lot of these kids come from really, really hard, hard, um, hard to reach whānau. Um you know, there's hope out there for, for them. Uh, a lot from gang whānau, church whānau, whānau just off the, come off the street, uh, whānau that um, have done well uh, within their life. And, uh, and we also got Otago University um, whānau from down there uh, coming along and, and mentoring and um, being part of the um, future group, future leader group. In 2006, ex-Navy diver Rob Hewitt spent three nights and four days floating out to sea on the Kapiti coast. He was out diving, got caught in a rip, and then floated 600 metres from his boat. Ten years later, today, Rob is the ambassador for Water Safety New Zealand. Alexa Cook was poolside. And with your personal sort of um, experiences, I guess, um, you know, out in the ocean for those three nights, do you, how do you draw on that as well to teach these kids and try and get them to understand the seriousness of these situations? Yeah, you know, um, after I got rescued, I, I came up with a phrase for, uh, for, for the reporters in it, which was uh, kia manu, kia ora, which is uh, stay afloat, stay alive. And I guess that's, that's what was trig- going through my mind as I was... Um, as I was adrift or floating out at sea. There, there are two scenarios that, that we're looking at, which is one is building resiliency. You know, for myself, it built resiliency. Uh, and if we can build that resiliency, if I can pass some of that, that knowledge onto these kids about how resiliency is created, created, then you know, they can take that from this environment of the ocean, of water safety, and, and uh, employ that into their day-to-day life. And obviously the other one is um, not forgetting who you are. You know, as a Kiwi, as a Māori, as a Pacifica, you know, just as a, as a human being, what it is that, that you want to be remembered for. So these guys, they have heaps of potential. You know, I had that sort of potential. Um, these kids have got heaps of talent. I had that talent. You know, we've all got that talent, but, but it's how far we can push ourselves to, to get out the, the world to want to live and, and want to succeed. Now all of this stuff here, what we're teaching these kids now, uh, is about training to survive. 
So uh, well, my, my current role with the camp uh, is uh, an ambassador for Water Safety New Zealand. Uh, I also work for Coast Guard Boating Education and, uh, and run Coast Guard Boating Education uh, courses uh, around marae and safe boating. I guess one of the big issues that we have as Māori, but, but not just Māori, you know, Pacifica and, uh, and New Zealanders, is the drowning toll. And for blokes between the age of 35 and 65, uh, we do think we're invincible. We do think uh, at 55 we're in the water that we're 25 again, and um, and we push our limits. You know, last year uh, the highest rate of drownings were male. 95% of all drownings were male. 85% of that were between the age of 35 and 65. And, um, and they all drowned, or 90, 90% of them drowned getting kai. So we're talking about fishing, boating, you know, and, and diving and snorkeling. So these things that you're really focusing on at this camp in terms of... Yeah, you know, uh, at the moment with Coast Guard Boating Education, I go to Marae and I run day skipper courses. So we've got a boat, if they've got a boat, you know, to, so that they can make uh, clear, clear and wise decisions about whether or not they should go out. Um, and this camp is about laying the foundation for that. So we're trying to work at both ends of the spectrum. You know, Taitimu Camp is about water safety and um, uh, for the rangatahi, for the youth. Uh, and for the youth, you'll see some five to eight-year-olds here. You know, and we know that in five years' time, they'll be the youth. So, so they've got to have a practical uh, uh, role to play in this as well. Uh, yeah, we're at Waimarama Beach today, and it's a beautiful day here. But unfortunately, um, just the next beach around the corner on on Christmas Day, they had a young three-year-old drown. You know, and as I said to the kids last night, you know, you take a step back and have a think about Christmas for that family for the rest of their lives is going to be like what? You know. Uh, the father thinks the mother's watching, uh, the mother thinks the father's watching, and the, the older brothers and sisters are thinking mum and dad are watching. And unfortunately, no one was watching. So that's what we're trying to get out with these kids, is to always be aware and always look after each other in and around the water. And with the New Zealand, I mean, with the terrible drowning incidents that happen in New Zealand, and also, I guess, with their frequency that they seem to happen at, and the amount of Māori and Pacifica that are part of those stats, mm. is this, I mean, do you try and sort of give these kids a bit of wake-up call, or how do you approach that? Yeah, you know, we, we, we try and um, establish with them tikanga, and, and you know, the wake-up call that we give them is the reality and the harsh reality of statistics, you know, um, and, and then try and re-establish their tikanga with the ocean. You know, um, a lot of people say that Tangaroa is the god of the ocean. You know, well, actually, Tangaroa is the god of the waterways. So a couple of days ago, we took these kids up to Mohaka, went whitewater rafting down there for the whole day. So they see the water in a different light. We bring them here today at the Waimarama because this is something that they may think they, they understand, but they don't. So we show them Tangaroa in, a, in another light, in the ocean. And then yesterday, we were at the Waipokarau Swimming Pools, Aquatic Centre, and, and we showed them a different perspective or different uh, uh, lens, a different view of Tangaroa. So that the message of the messages are the same around those different places, but the, the environment or the habitat might be a little bit different. And uh, we've got uh, young fellows here who are 18, young fellows here who are 16, uh, who have been here for every year. So we're only looking at that success from, from them, you know. They're, um, they're still here, 
they are champions within their community and within their schools. Most of those kids that are here now who are mentors, and you know, to be a mentor of, um, of a group of 150 kids when you're only 16 uh, shows, shows huge potential. When I was lost out at sea, I remember one time, oh, about four o'clock in the morning, I remembered something that was taught to me when I was about six years old. And it was that little moment, at that moment, uh, it may have just pushed me, if I hadn't recorded it, to survive for another five minutes after that. And that's what I hope these kids can do, is in 10 years' time, remember something, and then, and then push through that barrier. What was it that you remembered? Uh, I cut a... Um, I, I cut this uh, hose when I was five years old, chopping wood. My, my dad said, don't cut there, don't cut there. What do I do? It was a black black polythene or black uh, hose that you have you know, back on the farms. Being a girl from Takapo, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I cut that, and then all I remembered in my head was, Dad told me not to do it. Why did I do it? And it was just that little thought, but then it quickly left my head. <laughs> And that was it. So, you know, when I'm out at sea at four o'clock in the morning, I'm recalling my wife telling me, don't go. And I'm sort of thinking, uh, have I learnt my lesson or not? Why didn't I not listen to her when she said that at five o'clock in the morning? It's making sure that we as adults are leading by example. So it's no use me teaching your son or child uh, or girl to put a life jacket on if they're in a boat with a life jacket and dad's not wearing one. You know, because when we're role modelling, you know, it's got to start with the parents at home. And uh, I look at the life jacket and I remember when we were kids driving between Porongaho and Takapo, we never wore a seatbelt. You know, but now, 20 years later, 30 years later, it's impossible for anyone not to think about putting a seatbelt on. And I suppose with water safety, that's where we want to get to. The summer camp itself has a lot of community buy-in. During the five-day camp, the kids spent time at Waipukuro Pools, Waimarama Beach and Mohaka River. Emil Villa is 16 years old from Danivirk and has attended the camp for the past four years. He's now giving back by becoming a mentor. Do you see this making a difference? Oh, definitely, because I've been here, this is my fifth year, and uh, four years ago, uh, I think... The first time I came, it was really helpful and uh, helped me with um, confidence-wise and just being confident uh, in the water, but also uh, speaking with other people and I've noticed helped me learn a lot and it gave me the tools to learn more really and just yeah, helped me out and a lot of fun, fun times, heaps of memories. Yeah. And what made you want to carry on and become a mentor? Oh, because uh, I've gone so much from being here. I just wanted to give back and hopefully make make the the little kids' time as fun as my time was when I was younger. Central Hawke's Bay Police Officer Sergeant Ross Gilbert is one of the five trustees of the Taitamu Trust. I have a dual role really at the camp here, firstly uh, on a professional level from the police. The police um, 
really support the uh, the trust and this camp. The kids that, that you're dealing with, a lot of them here on the camp have never really had a positive interaction with the police before. It's, it's always been in a situation of conflict or stress or something like that. Um, whereas this is, for a lot of them, this is the first time they've actually had a really positive interaction with the police. It goes a long way to building relationships and breaking down barriers and it, and it may not be for myself or the other two, two guys that are here personally, but it would be for some other police officer where they, where they, where they live. Yeah, so does it just make police officers a bit more relatable for them? Oh, absolutely, and, and not quite so scary, and you're, you're not the bad guy, um, and you, you know, you're not on the other side of the fence, and they also, because you're actually with them 24-7 for six days, they actually get to understand that you're normal people as well. Now you actually don't wear your uniform 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you know, and, and drive a police car everywhere. Yeah. Um, which is a big revelation to some of these kids. <laughs> On a personal level, you know, it's it's um, I'm involved also with the trust. I'm a trustee on the Titaitumu Trust. And on a personal level, it's, it's just immensely rewarding and satisfying to be doing something that's really positive with, with the youth. Um, and you can see the tangible results, and you're working with such awesome people. You know the the group of adults and volunteers that have come together to make this possible are just the best bunch of people you could imagine to to be with and, and get to know and have fun and laugh, lots of laughs and lots of fun. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's just awesome. Are there some examples you can think of, or maybe even just one of? You know anything that sticks in your mind in terms of what the trust does, or, or some results with children, or well, some of these kids have been with us because we've been going for so long now. Some of these kids started with us when they when they were quite young, and they're now in their late teens. And we've also got those that started with us as in their mid-teens, but they're now adults, and then they've moved on and they've got really good jobs. You know, you're a teacher. Um, teachers and so forth, and it's it's you can those ones they may well not have amounted to that without their time with the trust over the years, yeah, um, and building that that self esteem and confidence and the aspirations you know, that that aspirations are achievable, you know, and you just got to know how to do it and work at it, and so you you're trying to give them the skills to do that, which is which is really awesome. One of the real strengths of the trust is that it's inclusive. Um, although the vehicle for our message and our lessons is, is focused around um, Maori culture, but it's it's not exclusively for Maori. You know, it's it's very inclusive. Everything we do, those same messages and the same lessons apply to any. Any ethnicity, any any gender, yeah. and, and it's right across the board. And we work really hard to not be exclusive, so that it is is really inclusive. Um, so it's not just for Maori youth; it, it's for Pacific Island youth, it's for European youth, recent immigrants, and everyone. It's just the same message. And yeah. so that's really cool, is the inclusiveness part of the trust is, is a real strength.
Pukehau Marae is about a 20-minute drive from Hastings and a few kilometres away from Teote College. A few years ago, Zach Makawari spent $6,000 refurbishing his caravan. They take it down to the beach over the summer. It's here that we sit and talk about the busy summer he has had and the work achieved by the Trust. He also gives a personal account as to why he set up the Trust in the first place. So I had four children, um, our oldest boy, Tihima, and then we had the boy, our boy Kelly, who, who um, you know, uh, committed suicide at 15. Our daughter, who's now 26, training to be a Kurikopapa teacher in her last year. So, uh, and then our young son, James. Um, yeah, we've had some difficult times. I mean, it's never been easy, you know, when you've got a farm, though. And being a freezing worker, we were both freezing workers. And the you early and your days, wife? yeah, my wife and I, she did 23 years at the freezing works. Which freezing works? Uh, at Silver? Uh, well, she started off at Silver Ferns yeah. in Takapo, yep. and I started at Tamuna. So, my first job as a freezing worker when I was 13, I actually told the boss I was 15. <laughs> my first was the job. Minimum my, age. Yeah, well, my first job, there was another guy with me, but well, Judge Joe Williams. Yeah, well, we were both the same age. He went to Linda's farm. We both worked at Tamuna Freezing Works, and we were. Our jobs were fly swatting, killing flies. Killing flies so that they don't hover around the meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the carcasses. yeah. It was a job in those days. So when you had, you know, six chains, it was quite funny to see these young fellas carrying their fly swats in their gumboots. Eh? Their what are six gumboots. chains? Um, well, that... freezing works, you know, you have six chains of men working with the oh, meat. Oh, right, you know, gotcha. Butchering, yes. butchering at the meat. So I spent about 20 years in the meat industry. I never ever thought that I would end up doing the stuff that I do today, you know, and um, I dare say there'd be lots of other Māori people that work in the freezing industry, they don't realise their potential that they have, so. Mm. Actually got, in the end I got sacked from a freezing mix, and I was a bit of a shit steward, but you know, 98, 98 I got, got into a bit of difficulty, ended up being sacked, but I think they bloody did me a favour. They actually did me a favour. Gave you that shove that you needed. Gave me that shove to do things differently, do other things in my life that you know I really wanted to do. Well, to type it to me, trust came about in 2007. We had lost our boy to suicide. It had taken us about seven years, you know, that grieving process, eh? And it was um, it was quite difficult to try and understand what had happened. So like many families, you ask the question, why? Why did this happen? Was it me? Or, you know, was it, there was a whole lot of issues. And what I know today, to what I knew back then, I knew very little back then. I know a lot more now on how to maybe identify a few things. Not a hell of a lot, but a few things. You know, suicide's such a complex thing, eh? But I've learned too, you know, going in the in these last few years that there has to be a culmination of things. Not only just the clinical, but community, both sharing and the thoughts that they have around how to prevent this stuff. It's twelve people a week in this country. A huge number. Ten to twelve point three. You are at We've got a futures group. Futures. Futures group of Rangatahi. So we have trustees like any trust. You have trustees. And underneath that you have a futures group. Younger people 
gang members, academics, people that are farmers, all that sort of stuff, young people. So he got to talk to them. They had introduced themselves. And then underneath that, we've got a rangatahi group that's only just been formed because you've got to keep that sustainability going, eh? You know, of young chiefs coming through. You've got to join the gaps now before. If I leave this earth, I've got to know that this kaupapa is still going. You know what I mean? It just doesn't hang on the one person. My wife says, man, you keep talking and talking as if you're going to live forever. Now you know why I'm out in the caravan by myself. This is the caravan you just talking to me about. You guys gutted it out and now you can tow it to the beach and do your thing. Yeah, we never, ever owned a caravan. So my wife and I have been married since 1981. But it's been about 34 years that we've been just living in a tent, you know, taking our kids and family down there to enjoy the benefits of Tangaroa. Every summer we'd go down there and spend time together. So you sort of work side by side with some of the, the gang whanau? Yeah, yeah. And we give them the opportunity to work with us. We don't, on our wānangas, we don't allow anybody to wear patches or colours. Um, and, and, and really that's about, you know, supporting the idea of whānau first, which they've been following. We've got a, we've got an awesome leader here, Rex Timu, with the Hastings Mongol Mob. He's got about 70-odd members. So he's part of Tai Timu. You getting any flack for that? Uh, well, I know he does, because yeah. within that group you've got the black power too. Right. So, yeah, no, I know he gets flack. I don't really care because I know we're doing it for the right reason. And we, we get a lot of good support, you know, sponsors and that. TPK, Water Safety. There's a there's a number of organisations. We, we don't prescribe to not allowing gang members to be part of our kaupapa. So I don't go and vet the whanau. If I was to go down that track... I'd lose all hope and sense of working with our heart to reach. I wouldn't be able to do it. We wouldn't be able to do it. What this stuff we're doing, social media stuff, we're doing this in the caravan, why can't it just happen on our marae as natural as we're doing it today? Why do we have to have the high-tech stuff? Why can't we just give our whakaro just like how you and I are talking today? But we need to be able to inspire our rangatahi to do that. So you've got to have inspiring mentors, tutorage around you all the time. Why should we have to wait for schools to make that happen for us? We should be doing it on our marais more often, around their own whakaro as a hapu. What do they want to see for their children? You know, my challenge to our whānau is that we, we, you need to start doing wānanga with your rangatai. Because if you don't invest now, you're only going to get what you've done in the last 150 years. Influence is power. So when you're influenced by chiefs, you start talking like them, you know, relaying what a rangatira should be doing. So we've had dinners here on our marae, trying to get our young people to serve, serve their people, young, you know. So we've had dinners here at this marae with Peter Sharples, Mike King, Hone Harawera. Fundraising for the marae, bringing our people back. Opportunity, Mike King was just, he was awesome with our whanau here. You know, we had a quiz night. Yep. And then the, pre, the night before the Friday night, 
he spoke purely about suicide. And we had about 150, 200 people. And you could not hear a pin drop. Is he going to go there? Yes, he's going to go there. But coming from him, it was just awesome. What does 2016 look like for you? 2016? 2016 for us is about a birthday that we're, we're going to have our next camp, our next big one, because it's 10 years for us, and, you know, and, and, and build on what we've done. Um, we're just hoping a lot more of our whanau would be part of the kaupapa and maybe not just let ourselves think that we work in silos. You know, today is about the collaboration stuff. I believe that. It's not just a Pākehā thought, but it should be a Māori thought, mm. you know. Not just about services and protecting your own little patch, because that's why our kids are dying, dying around suicide. That's why they're drowning, because everybody just protects their own little patch, you know. That's not what, it was, what we're meant to be doing. Mm. I, I, I've had a, my head boy in 1976, Blackie Toyaraki. It's out there. Yeah, I was only 13, he was 17, maybe 18. We still got a relationship today, he still comes out and offers his time. And he was my head boy, you know? And he was four years older than you. He was time. four years older than me, but it's the kaupapa, eh? you know? Mm. But the integrity between two people is paramount, you know? So that's what I think we should be bartering on, teaching our kids, have a heart for them understand that heart that you know you're going to nurture not only their minds you're going to nurture their hearts <laughs>